Anantadeva's main mission is to dissolve this material creation. But he checks his anger and intolerance. This material world is created to give the conditioned souls another chance to go back home, back to Godhead. But most of them do not take advantage of this facility. After the creation, they again exercise their old propensity for lording it over the material world. These activities of the conditioned soul anger Anantadev and he desires to destroy the entire material world. Yet, because he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is kind towards us and checks his anger and intolerance. Only at certain times does he express his anger and destroy the material world. Om Jnana Timirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakraya Chakshurum Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamhyam Dadati Svapadantikam Mukham Karoti Vacharam Pangum Langhayate Girim Yatrapatam Vande Sri Guru Dinatarinam Vanchakal Pataru Bhyascha Kripasandhu Bhyayavacha Patitanam Pavane Bhyo Vaishnave Bhyo Namo Namaha Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Lord Sankarshan is the ocean of unlimited spiritual qualities and thus he is known as Anantadev. He is not different from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For the welfare of all living entities within this material world, he resides in his abode, restraining his anger and intolerance. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, 12th canto, chapter 13, Text number 16. There is a beautiful verse which glorifies the Sriman Bhagavatam. The verse says, Nimnagan yatha ganga devanam achyuto yatha vaishnavanam yatha shambhu purananam idantatha. Just as the Ganges is the greatest of all the holy universe. Just as Lord Achyuta 
He is the supreme amongst all worshipable deities. Just as Lord Shiva or Shambhu is the greatest of all Vaishnavas, similarly, this Srimad Bhagavatam is the greatest of all Puranas. Puranam idam tatha. Why is this so? Because Srimad Bhagavatam is it establishes the supremacy of Lord Vishnu as the cause of all causes, as the supreme personality of Godhead, and as Param Satyam Dhimahi, the absolute truth. So these are two things that Srimad Bhagavatam does, establishing the supremacy of the Lord and establishing the Lord as a person, the personality of Godhead. So the Srimad Bhagavatam in this chapter also continues in that theme of establishing the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Ananda Deva, as the cause of all causes. How it does so in these specific verses? As we know in the Brahma Samhita, we have a famous verse, Yadpada Pallava Plavam Vinidhaya Kumbha Dvandve Pranam Samayesa Granadhiraja Vignan Vidan Vidantam Vignan Vidantam Alamasya Jagatrayasya Govindamari Purusham Tamam Bhajami So in that it is mentioned that Lord Ganesh who is known as Vigna Vinayaka who has the power or ability to remove our doubts and obstacles where does he derive these powers from? So it is mentioned there that he derives it, he is empowered by Lord Krishna, specifically Lord Narasimhadev, who is Vidna Vinayaka. So, from Narasimhadev, Lord Ganesh gets this ability to operate in this material world and to remove obstacles on the path of living entities. Similarly, here also we see that amongst the Trinity, Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh, or Rudra, Brahmaji is vested with the responsibility of secondary creation. Vishnu is vested with the responsibility, rather Vishnu himself takes the responsibility of maintenance on his own shoulders. Whereas Rudra is given the responsibility of annihilation of this material world. So while Rudra Dev is commonly understood to be the annihilator, if we look back, who is empowering? Rudradev. So in this chapter it is very clear that it is Anandadev or Sankarshan who is empowering Rudradev with the uh, power of annihilation. So and, and, and we hear in the scriptures also that Lord Shiva's Ishtadev itself is Mula Sankarshan on whom he is always meditating. So Lord Sh- uh, Anandadev here derives his name Ananta. Ananta means unlimited. So Prabhupada explains that his name is Ananta there because his glories are unlimited. Even we a lifetime will not be enough to articulate the glories of Ananta there. He has got another name also called Sankarshan. Just like Sankirtan. When we say Sankirtan, Sankirtan comes from the word Samyakirtan. Samyak means everyone together. Unanimously coming and doing Kirtan. 
So Sankarshan is being given because a Muri one is Akarshit. Akarshan. Akarshan is attraction. Everyone is attracted to Ananda Dev. So that's why he is deriving this sort of name Sankarshan. And just like when we say Vasudev, Vasudev is the father of Krishna and Vasudev is Lord Krishna himself. So Vasudev, Vasudev, who comes from, in that sense, in his Leela, he comes as the son of Vasudev. So like that, <coughs> Rudra is also called as Sankarshan. Sankarshan and Sankarshan. Now it is explained, that, so, so therefore again it is reiterated that Rudra comes from uh, the anger of, uh, he manifests from the anger of Lord Sankarshan. Now, it is also mentioned that the entire planetary system is supported on the hoods of Sankarshan or Anandadev. Now, in this specific section, in this specific verse, it is mentioned that he annihilates, Sankarshan annihilates the real world out of his anger. Now, why is this? Why is he angry? This is the question. Why, is, why does he get angry? So, as explained by the previous speaker also, he becomes angry because of his disappointment at Jivas not taking advantage of the opportunity they have been given. For example, if there is a poor man who is struggling day in, day in and day out to feed his family, right, and he wants some money. Right, this poor man. And one day a very magnanimous person goes and gives a huge gold bar to the poor man. Prabhupada also gives an example. Suppose he gives a gold bar they give to him. Now obviously he can sell that gold bar in the market and he can finish his poverty. But rather than selling that gold bar and giving money, what does the poor man do? He takes that bar and he uses it to beat his clothes and to wash his clothes. In India, you know, you see people beating the clothes, right? So he's using the gold bar to beat his clothes and trying to make a living out of washing clothes out of you. So this is called as less intelligence. So when a facility is given to us and we don't even try to understand why it is given to us and how we should utilize it, what is the goal of we having received these facilities, then obviously as a person who has gifted that gold bar to that particular poor man, we will feel very disappointed that I went out of and tried to help him but he does not understand it. And even after telling him you can sell, you can make money, he just doesn't understand, he still continues to do. No, 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 I am very happy to take the clothes with this. So this is obviously, now we can understand the disappointment of Anandadev. Normally, in Bila Swarga, now it is mentioned here, where does, where is Anandadev? Anandadev is below Patara Loka, it is mentioned, and everything is being resting on its hoods. Now, Patara Loka is part of Bila Swarga, the subterranean heavenly planets, which was the previous chapter. We saw that uh, the characteristic of the subterranean heavenly planets is that it is more opulent than even the Divya Swarga, which is the upper, uh, upper heavenly planets, but there is absolute lack of piety in the subterranean heavenly planets. That's the only difference. It is characterized by more opulence and very little piety. If at all there is anything that exists. 
So all opulence is there, but there is no hope for progressing in Krishna consciousness. At least in the Divya Swarga, we have devotees. In the whatever he may be doing, time to time he gets envious from devotees. But whatever it is, at least they acknowledge the supreme personality of God. At least he comes to his senses every time, and again continues worshiping the Lord. But in Vira uh, Swarga, there is no such hope except for. Few personalities, for example, you know the Bari Maharaj is one there, but in general there is no hope. But the Lord does not give up people in Vira Swarga. So the Lord continues to inspire people even in Vira Swarga. In his attempts that someday they will become attracted. And how do we see this? We see this in the example of the Nagapatis in Vira Swarga. So the Lord attracts the Nagapatis, which is what Adi Kushwaru explained yesterday. He attracts the Nagapatis. They get attracted to the beauty of Lord Anantadev and they develop desires to worship him in a particular way. So this is the, uh, in one sense, the impartiality of the Lord. In one sense, the Lord does not give up. Okay, so even attract, tries to attract, even there he tries to attract people who are otherwise gone there because of their impiety. So, uh, now, or their lack of uh, acceptance of the supremacy of the Lord. Though they might have done philanthropic activities in this world. That is why they are rewarded with opulence. So, why does the Lord get angry? Prabhupada explains here because the souls, even the Lord is not going there also. So, Lord is everywhere, he is in the jivas are still not taking opportunity. Even there, very few people. We see the Nagapati worshipping, full stop. So, no one tries to go to take advantage of the creation of the Lord to escape the cycle of birth and death. People generally in this material world are atheistic or agnostic, sitting on the fence. But most of the people today we see are indifferent. They don't care. God exists, it doesn't exist. I have to move around in my life. Tomorrow is Monday, let me see what skill sets I have to build up so that I can impress my manager and make more money. Okay. What certifications do <laughs> I need to do? Most people think like this. But tomorrow, what property do I invest in? How do I increase my what is called, net worth in this world? So most of the people are indifferent. They are just moving around in this material world as if death is never going to come. If at all some people are pious, even in that segment we find that most of them are karma-handis. Most of them are just uh, wanting to utilize their prayers to the Lord to stay comfortable in this material world. So most of the people go to the temples, even if they go to the temples, churches, mosques, wherever, they are only interested in asking material benedictions from the Lord. If at all some people border, call themselves as transcendentalists, we find that amongst all those so-called transcendentalists, whatever we see, most of them are mayavadis or impersonalists. It is not wrong to be an impersonalist as long as we are attracted towards the impersonal feature of the Lord, but it is criminal to say that I am God. That is the difference between Brahmavada and Mayavada. So Mayavadi say that you are God, I am God, everybody is God. 
So again, they have not taken advantage of the scriptures that are being sent by Bhagavan himself. Even if people become devotees after all this, we have crossed through all these journeys and then come to the platform of being Vaidhi Sadhakas, practicing devotees. But even then, as devotees, we have a very lukewarm approach to Bhakti. Even after everything is here, even after Prabhupada has entered our life, Prabhupada has given his nectar of devotion, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, etc. And even after we are given a very good infrastructure and facilities of our, of our temple, visiting sannyasis, we still don't take full advantage of that. Human form has been given to us which is extremely rare, very rare, this human form of life. The Lord has given food, water, air to everyone. So all the basic necessities that are required for our survival are also given to us. On top of that, Lord Anantadev, who is Lord Anantadev? None other than Lord Balaram. Because all these tattvas come from Lord Balram. And who is Balram? Balram is Guru Tattva. So the Lord sends his representatives also on top of that to inspire us, to become serious as spiritual masters. They come as representatives of Lord Balram. And more importantly, the Lord gives us time. He gives us time. Time is called, time is the energy of the Lord. Now, what is the beauty of time? The best beauty of time is time gives us time. In fact, there was a there was a song in uh, there was a famous Hollywood song which says time won't give me time. <laughs> but time won't give me time. It says. But actually, time gives us time. Okay, time gives us time. Right? It gives us time. How? If we read the nectar of devotion, then. Uh, the letter of devotion says that most of us, all suffering in this world is what? It's because of sinful activity. It is because of papa. Papa means sinful activities. That is why we suffer in this mental world. All suffering is a result of sin that has been committed. Now, what is the root of this sin? The root of this sin is sinful desire. A desire to commit sin leads to a plan to commit sin and it leads to the activity of committing sin. Now where does this sinful desire come from? Sinful desire comes from a general tendency to commit sin. So we see Putam and then Bijam. Where does the sinful proclivity or original tendency to commit sin come from? It comes because of material conditioning. And where does material conditioning come from? It comes because of ignorance of who we are, what is the goal of life, avidya. So, now, because someone is ignorant, someone commits sin. Because someone commits sin, he suffers. When you keep suffering, where are you going to have time to look at God? When you suffer, suffer, suffer in this life, sometimes you become atheistic. Because you are always suffering, you think, oh Lord, are you there or not? Is somebody out there? Hello, I am suffering. (laughs) You are not doing anything about it, right? So, suffering could also lead to atheism and then further ignorance and then therefore there is a cycle of papam and aprarabdham, prarabdham. So, a jiva gets trapped in this cycle. But, the Lord actually 
offers us a way out. He gives us Guru, Sadhu and Shastras, the scriptures and different prophets of the Lord come down and give the message of how to escape the cycle of birth, disease, old age and death. And what the Lord does, He gives us the scripture and He has given a gap between Aparadha and Prarabdha. What is Aparadha? Aparadha is if you are committing a sin today, then the reaction is stored for a date in the future. And when time passes and when the date comes, then the Aparadha becomes Prarabdha, the, the, the sins that manifesting in our life, the reactions. But if you see, there is a big gap between Aparadha and Prarabdha. And what is that gap? That gap is time, Kal. So, Ananta Dev, the Lord gives us time also. He doesn't just give us scripture and say, from tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I want you to finish the Bhagavad Gita and you know, become a pure devotee. Okay? This is not like the MBA institutes in India. In first year we had that. The professor will give us a case study at 10.30 in the night and he will say, have a good night. I'll see you in the morning for a presentation. And then we will be sitting late night in groups and preparing a 7.30 presentation in the morning. So it's not like the schools, right? So he gives us time. He says, okay, I'll give you Bhagavad Gita, I'll give you time, but please study it. Even today, many devotees, they give up study of Srimad Bhagavatam, give up study of Bhagavad Gita. We have to keep reminding, reminding that why have we stopped studying? We are busy in our life. Some people will say, uh, sorry, I cannot study the Srimad Bhagavatam despite our bad intentions, best intentions. Because currently we are in a position where we are not able to take it up. This is a very nice message. Okay. But when are you going to take it up? When? After your business survives, after you finish all your projects in this material world, when are we going to study Srimad Bhagavatam? This is the this is one chance. If not today, it will not happen. It will never happen. If today someone says I have not going to study something, when are you going to do it? Because in old days we can't see from our eyes. Our hands may not be capable of reading Srimad Bhagavatam book also. Right? right? So, it is now or never. So, Anandadev gives us this time. He sends devotees, he sends Srimad Bhagavatam, he sends people to inspire us. But still, we do not do this. Devotional life is very, very powerful. The Hare Krishna Mahatra is very powerful. The, the activity of devotional service is very powerful. In Srimad Bhagavatam, Sixth canto, first chapter, text number 15, there is a beautiful verse. Kechit Kevalaya Bhaktiya Vasudeva Parayana Agam Dhumati Kaksanyena Niharamilavasa So, it is said that the process of bhakti is so powerful that it can weed out, it can uproot the desire for sinful action such that it will never sprout. The beauty here in this verse, I always quote this, it's very one of my favorite verses because it doesn't so say that it removes sinful reaction. It says it removes the weeds of sinful action. So simply addressing the reaction is a very reactive approach. So it should uproot the tendency of sinful action. So this is the power of bhakti. So therefore, the Lord is giving us time, He is giving us the tools, He is giving us scripture, He is giving us the process. He is giving us this material body, He is giving us all these facilities, but still, after giving the gold bar, <laughs> using it to beat the clothes again and again, 
Why should he not get angry at us? Why should he not get impatient? So he, I, I, how long does he give us? He gives us one day of Brahma at least. It's <laughs> a big time. He gives for reformation. One day of Brahma. Enough and more time. Many, many lifetimes he gives us. And after that he takes a decision and annihilation. Then we should not get. Hey, Lord, why are you getting angry at me? Give me some more time now. So what more time we need? And then the Lord still says, okay, I'll give you some more time. I'll give you one lifetime of Brahma. Okay? It's only partial annihilation. Right? I'll give you time till full annihilation. Till now you have an opportunity. But still, people want to be in this jail and enjoy this jail. Now what to do? What to do? So we can clearly understand why the Lord is getting angry here. So rather than focusing on why the Lord is getting angry, we must, we are actually in this section, we must focus on how patient the Lord is. Okay. And his impatience is running out of quite some time. We should agree. <laughs> right? So we should not blame. Oh, what is also impatient? I am also impatient. Safety, qualitative oneness. No, we can't misuse this verse for us to be impatient. Right? Now, if at all we have a tendency to think like that, that you know what? Like that one, one devotee was there, he had become new devotee, I remember, I will not name But this person had become just new devotee and the whole congregation, I was very patient okay, with this devotee. Even now, you know, the congregation is pretty patient. But this devotee is impatient with others. One day, people were standing in the queue and I was also standing in the queue for Prashad. And he comes to me and then he starts shouting, Karmis! Rascals! <laughs> all karmis don't do this world, all karmis. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Just they want to do karma karma. Nobody is interested. Pure devotion. Like that. So I was telling, I was giving a hint to him, Prabhuji, you and I also. People have been patient with us. Shanti, Shakti. Be a little bit patient. Don't say karmis, karmis. People are stuck in queue. Like that, don't take those Of course, thankfully they may not understand what is karmis. Like for example, one devotee you know, in our congregation, he was telling that they have a family group who is Mayavad, Mayavad. <laughs> so this devotee uh, went once met the family group and uh, he told uh, you know, the family group, our Prabhupada, he calls you all as Mayavadis. <laughs> and the family group said, oh, he didn't know what happened. So some people, thankfully, they were not understand that we are actually trying to tell them something. <laughs> Fortunately, we escaped such situations. <laughs> so, so in general, but we see as devotees, we have to be very patient. We have to be very patient with others. And we have to... So patience is the sign of our own purity. Right? And how do we develop this patience? We develop this patience by seeing the devotees, the great stalwart devotees of the Lord, how patient they were in cultivating others in Krishna consciousness. So, while the Lord is patient, still we see here his patience wears out during the annihilation. He gets angry, right? But the Lord still provides to the jivas his pure devotees whose patience never runs out. Never his patience runs out. Where did Prabhupada's patience run out? Have we ever seen? Prabhupada's patience therefore ran out. Therefore Prabhupada said, no more temples, no more publishing books. Have we ever heard anything like that? Never. Till the last breath, Prabhupada was on the dictaphone. <laughs> so therefore, it is not an exaggeration 
if it is said that devotees are more merciful than the Lord. So devotees are much, much more patient in that sense. And but but why? Because of qualitative oneness with the Lord. So we cannot say in that sense that the Lord is inferior to the devotee, not like that. Because the Lord continues giving us a more being more patient through the medium of his devotees. Also, the Lord annihilates the whole material world. In that sense, he is annihilating the gross. But the devotees are patient and they work on the subtle. <laughs> they try to annihilate the subtle by not annihilating the cross. <laughs> so in that sense, devotees annihilate the sinful tendencies and they don't annihilate the person, the body of the person in that sense. So, and the Lord also himself comes. When Jagannathai pastime happened, Lord Nityananda reminded the Lord Chaitanya took out Sudarshana when he said to Jagannathai, Lord Nityananda said, No, sorry Lord, in this incarnation you have come to annihilate the sinful tendency in human beings, not to cut off, chop off people's heads with your Sudarshana Chakra, like that. So, Lord Chaitanya himself came and Lord Chaitanya's followers also followed the same principle. And today is the auspicious disappearance day of three of his glorious followers of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So in this context, of, and these, all these three were extraordinary acharyas. And these acharyas are a gift to us from Lord Ananda Devani because they are Balramji's Guru Tattva. So they are all come as gurus in our life. So we will invest some time today till the end of the class to discuss the glorious lives of these three acharyas. The first acharya we will discuss is the glorious Raghunath Das Goswami. I'm sure he's one of the most favorite acharyas for all of us. A brilliant example of renunciation in bhakti towards the Lord, of selfless service. So Srila Raghunath Das Goswami, his birth was his lifetime was around between 1495 to 1586. 1495 to 1586. So he took his birth in a small village of Sri Krishnapur in West Bengal. He was born in a very, very wealthy family. It is said that his uh, uh, parents worked for the, his father and uncle worked for the Nawab in collecting taxes and all those things. And at that time itself, they used to collect lakhs and lakhs of rupees as taxes. And their remuneration was also part of that. So you can imagine how wealthy they were. So he he was born in a very, very wealthy family. Silver spoon. And it is said that amongst all the Goswamis, he was the first of the six Goswamis to meet Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now, in Raghunathas, as a young boy, during his boyhood, he was instructed personally by Balaram Acharya, who himself is a great devotee of the Lord, an intimate associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Now, Balaram Acharya did one thing which changed the life of Raghunathas Goswami forever, even in his boyhood. What did he do? He introduced him to Srila Haridas Thakur at a very young age. 
this image of opportunity somehow we introduce directly to the soul right the namachari and this introduction changed his life forever he was imparted with a deep devotional spirit at a very very young age and a taste for the holy names of the lord because of his love matra sadhu sangha sarva siddhi hai of course we should not mistake ramananda swami as a sadhana siddha who has come in contact incidentally with us so no not like but we still understand the importance of connecting with someone as glorious as chidananda swami at the age of 15 ramananda heard about lord chaitanya's visit to shantipur so he developed an attraction for lord chaitanya at a very very early age so when he heard that lord chaitanya was visiting shantipur after taking his sanyas despite lot of resistance from his parents he ran away from home to meet lord chaitanya now we have to understand his parents are not against lord chaitanya mahaprabhu but parents being parents they wanted they they were always worried that this person will run away my child will run away and never come home he will take sanyas or something like they are always worried about this parents so and but ramanand das again he ran away and met lord chaitanya he saw lord chaitanya and he said that when he saw lord chaitanya's beauty and charming personality his heart completely melted with devotion and he savored the teachings of pure teachings of and the highest teachings of lord chaitanya about lord krishna about krishna tattva and lord chaitanya himself was aware of this of the potential of this boy raghunath das he saw his potential raghunath das did not want to leave the lotus feet of lord chaitanya mahaprabhu lord chaitanya told him return home now <laughs> but he didn't want to return so lord chaitanya had to tell him very sternly please return home now mahaprabhu said don't be over enthusiastic control yourself keep your divine love for lord krishna within your heart and do not express it outwardly don't advertise your krishna consciousness very soon the time will come when lord krishna will call you he will make a way out for you don't allow any external show but keep it within your heart raghunath das returned home to his parents his parents what is one way of binding to the house marry the fellow <laughs> and that too the wife should be so beautiful that people will tell ten, ten times people will think the husband will think can he give such a beautiful wife and go out of the family life so his parents arranged his marriage with a lady of exquisite beauty hmm. however raghunath das even after that had no interest in material life zero interest in material life so he used to live in the outer section of his house usually when someone grahastha is or let me not use old grahastha when a man in a marriage when a, when a boy is married to a beautiful girl most of the life he will like to spend in the bedroom right enjoying the senses right here atmanandas he went and did exactly the opposite he went to the outer section of the house right not to enjoy his wife newly married wife, or go for honeymoon to Switzerland <laughs> exactly opposite this is the nature of 
saintly personalities. They go exactly against the conventional way of material life. So, um, now seeing this, the father was going to say, what is this? We married him to this beautiful wife, he is leaving outside the courtyard. <laughs> what to do with this fellow? Right? So, the, they, they, they realize that the risk is too high now, that he is going to run away from there. So, his father kept guardians, 10 guards around him <laughs> to keep watch on him. So, he will not run away from home. So, later it is said that Raghunath Das met Lord Nityananda in Panikati. When Lord Nityananda saw him, Lord Nityananda too realized his potency. But Lord Nityananda wanted to build his Shukriti. So, what Lord Nityananda said, you are coming from a wealthy family. You must organize the Pani Hati festival, the Chira Dahi festival. So, you please arrange everything for Prashadam, for all these devotees. And Raghunath was very happy obliged. It was a privilege to serve Lord Nityananda. He did such a good job in the Pani Hati festival that Lord Nityananda also blessed him in addition to Mahaprabhu. What did he say? Very soon your bright day will come and you will be glorified by everyone. This was his blessing. One day before sunrise, the family guru, Yadunandan Acharya, of whom of Raghunath Das's parents, <laughs> the family guru Yadunandan Acharya suddenly arrived at home very early in the morning and he said, I am travelling for a few days. I have a deity which has to be worshipped. I am looking for someone to take care in the temple and worship this deity nicely. So Raghunath Das immediately said, Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I will arrange for him, don't worry. And what happened in front of the guards, he walked along with Yadunandan Acharya. And it was the family guru, so the guards didn't accompany him. So he went with Yadunandan Acharya. And after some time, he told Yadunandan Acharya, Sure, you do one thing, you please go ahead. I will take care of the deities. I will request this Brahman to worship your deities in your absence. And Yadunandan Acharya said, Okay, thank you very much. And he walked away. Now, Raghunath Das found actually a Brahman and he gave the deities. And he arranged for everything so that the deity will nicely be worshipped. So he didn't disrespect the Guru's instruction and he did not disregard it. But he took this as a golden opportunity now to escape. Okay. So he escaped and started off in the direction of he wanted to go to Puri. But what did he do? He started walking exactly in the opposite direction of Puri. Because he knew how his parents will think. His parents will know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is in Puri. He would have gone there. So he they will send every all the guards behind him in the direction of Puri. So he walked exactly opposite direction of Puri. So the guards are ahead of him and he is behind them. <laughs> so that is what he did. And then after some time, next day morning he started working, walking towards Puri. So nobody will can trace him, right? Because he is behind the guards. So, so obviously so many guards were sent but of no avail. For 12 days it is said that he walked towards Puri, taking food only for 3 to 4 days. Why he did not take food? Because he wanted to be like the like the Babaji is in what is that, Paranasi, trying to do mystic powers, no. He did not take food because he was genuinely immersed in bhakti. At that stage, when they are immersed in bhakti, they are completely oblivious to their body needs. So it was not a forced austerity that he was doing to please the Lord. Like yesterday, you know, Ekadashi, he will wait 6.38 in the morning. 
what is the dwadesh we passed between window no it was not like that so for him it didn't matter day or night his body condition did not matter for him that is the symptom of prehopathy so only three two days four days food finally he met his worshipful lord lord chaitanya yet again at gambhir at the kashi mishra bhavan he met him there the moment he saw lord chaitanya immediately in the courtyard he paid dandavasi fell like a stick and upandadat who was witnessing this announced to everyone ragunath has come ragunath has come he said mahapurush said good luck very nice ragunath has come good now all of you please take good care of ragunath take good care of him he has come here with great difficulties walking for days without food how does mahaprabhu know that you know there is a lot <laughs> take care care of him and again see the instruction mahaprabhu gave he said take care of him for a few days <laughs> after that he will manage himself because <laughs> he knew the potential of ragunath das right so for a few days ragunath das took prasadam there Sorry, I'm saying Raghunath Das because I'm just narrating the past time in that sequence. I should say Raghunath Das was Swami. Please pardon me. Okay. So Raghunath Das took Prashara there. Then he began to beg at the gate of Jagannath Temple. <laughs> so the wealthy son has become a beggar outside Jagannath Puri. Now if you hear, your brother, you know, If you hear our son or daughter is seen begging outside a temple, will you not send some money? Said <laughs> okay, okay. I heard you. Know, why you want to go and beg outside Jagannath temple? You, I am not against your Krishna consciousness, but does it mean you have to beg? Just imagine, you know, children are begging outside Albert Park somewhere. Everyone is coming out, and their remnants are thrown in the bin outside after all the feast, and then they are put in the garbage bin, and then you know, our child is waiting outside. You now when the garbage bin will come outside? So that then they can take some remnants, and if they incidentally see some cow is coming, then they wait for the cow also to finish it, and then after the cow also eat, then remaining you wash and eat. What will you do, my father? Right? What will you do? That's it. Please. I'm saying I'm not against your Krishna consciousness, but at least don't go to this extreme. Right? So we can now understand the condition of his parents. So his parents heard that he was begging outside Jagannath Temple and eating there. On Madhuri Prasad was there, so the parents, they by now seeing this, they gave up all hopes of his return. <laughs> no hope of return to that life. But they said, at least we can send some money. So they sent money through one brahmana and two servants, and they instructed these people that you do one thing: you hire a house there and offer my son a place to stay in that house. Okay, with all this money that we have. And see that my son does not die hmm, owing to food. Hmm. But Raghunath Das did not listen. He subsists, continued to subsist on alms. Right. Sometime later, though, he said, "Look, I have this much money. Why don't? Why I will continue to eat outside Lord Jagannath Temple, begging? But Lord Chaitanya, I can use this wealth which my father has given me to give a feast to Lord Chaitanya." He thought like that. So he said, "All this money, yes, my father wanted gave for eating only. I will offer to Lord Chaitanya all this money, and I will offer him the feast. I will invite him regularly, and Lord Chaitanya will eat. 
ऑपरेंट प्रचार एंड आई टेल ऑल ब्राह्मण सदा 
Manase Karibe. And actually in English, I also don't know that word. Don't indulge or hear worldly talk. Don't run after delicious food. Whatever comes of its own accord, accept it. Don't dress luxuriously. Always chant and respect others without expecting respect from anyone. And within your heart, within your heart, try to serve Shri Shri Radha and Krishna in Vrindavandila. Saying so, Mahaprabhu handed over Raghunath Das, young Raghunath Das to Swaruddhanda Goswami. Lord Chaitanya was so pleased with the spirit of renunciation and devotion of Raghunanda Goswami that he gave him this personal shila from Govardhan Hill along with a string of Gunjamala, which were personally there with the Lord for more than three years. With the passing years, Raghunanda Goswami's austerity as well as devotion increased. He would chant 23 hours every day. 23 hours of chanting. One hour sleep. <laughs> Sleeping one hour. Sometimes not even that. He completely gave up food and drink. Only few days, once somewhere, sometime. He used to take a few drops of buttermilk. Obviously, when we do such austerities, what chases us? Fame and name chases the devotee. <laughs> it become very famous. Oh, only buttermilk, like that. Even in Chaitanya's past time, there was some, one Acharya who was only known for drinking milk. Milk drinking Acharya. Mahaprabhu, black. Black drinking person. Would you think by drinking milk, you will attain God? Right? But still, this, this, Austerity was not out of austerity for the sake of austerity. This was a byproduct of his bhakti. So, fame, he became very famous, but he had this characteristic humility. Though, though we became famous and people used to come to pay obeisances to him, it is said that he in turn offered obeisances to every devotee who offered obeisances to him. So, it is said around 2000 devotees came and met him. For them it was one obeisance. For him it was two thousand obeisances. <laughs> Just if I give us that type of person. Right? Plus, on top of that, one thousand obeisances to the Lord. And on top of that, hundred thousand holy names daily. It is unimaginable. Beyond my imagination at least. I gave up when I read this. Impossible. In many, many lifetimes. And therefore, he attracted the attention of sages scholars and spiritualists from far and wide. Raghunath Das Goswami Maharaj stayed in Puri for 16 years after which time Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left the world. He wound up his pastimes. In 2-3 to three years from then his Guru Swarup Das Damodar Goswami also left. So just imagine Mahaprabhu left. Swarup Damodar Goswami Swarup he was so attached, he also left. Raghunath Das Goswami Maharaj hmm, now was 40 plus years, but Mahaprabhu had given an instruction. 
he had tendency to leave this world by ending his own life but mahaprabhu had given him an instruction what was the instruction leave for vrindavan and go and associate with rupa goswami and sanatan goswami in their mission to reestablish vrindavan to its rightful position as the apex of all the holy places in this world entire cosmos so he took that to his heart and he went to vrindavan in vrindavan it is said i'm cutting very long past and short because of time two hours every day he would recount the past times of lord chaitanya mahaprabhu in vrindavan several hours of meditation he used to do on the bank of the radha kund such was his meditation he wouldn't even realize the dangers around him we all know this past time where a tiger or two tigers are standing looking at ragunandas goswami and ragunandas goswami was hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 rama hare rama 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 hare hare deeply immersed in his meditation oblivious to all the dangers in the forest because vrindavan was not like road and all like today's vrindavan because forest anything can come any happen any time any creature can come now sanatan goswami was observing and when he observed this he saw that lord krishna was standing with a stick there guarding raghunandas goswami and then he warned raghunandas goswami why are you doing this why don't you build a bhajan kutir for yourself krishna himself has to serve you but first time he didn't listen he continued but the next time it was summer in the heat of the summer and vrindavan you know how summer it is he was chanting and he found that radharani had kept her anchal her veil over his head this time sanatan goswami got really upset at ragunandas he said radharani has to come and serve you what kind of meditation is this and then when he heard this then what happened because who is ragunandas goswami who is he is manjari manjari is a very or closer to radharani they can still they may accept some inconvenience to the lord but never to shrimati radharani has a bhav right because servants are radharani right so this time he impacted so radharani Okay, I will read Bhajan Kutri. And it is said that that started the concept of Bhajan Kutri, of doing Bhajan inside a Kutri, for all the, especially the Goshti Anandis who were there, the, the Bhajan Anandis, right? Go inside a Kutri and do Bhajan, private meditation, right? So, this was Raghunathas Goswami's meditation. Raghunathas Goswami was also instrumental in Shamukun and Nalakun excavation. How? There was this big safety, who had come actually the state rich man he was going to badrinarayan worshiping badrinarayan when he went there to badrinarayan badrinarayan said don't give me this donation in vrindavan there is ragunath das goswami you go and give him all this money and he will know what to do with it and then lord inspired him from his heart saying that this wealth will come utilize it to excavate reinstate radhakund and shamkund the two most glorious places so it is ragunath das goswami's efforts that today we are able to visit radhakund and shamkund devotion austerity but scholar also very great scholar ragunandas goswami he wrote deeply profound verses about the past times of radha and lord krishna they have been compiled into what they what we know today as tavamala dana charita and mukta charita books not only was he scholarly but he was an emblem of renunciation also and appropriately because of this ragunath das goswami is known as the prayojana acharya 
after visiting Vrindavan and he used to associate with these devotees. The first devotee was Chandrasekhar Vaidya, in whose house Lord Chaitanya stayed. The second devotee is Tapan Mishra, in whose house Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu accepted meals. So he used to stay one night somewhere and he used to take a meal somewhere. And then the third was Tapan Mishra's son, who is that? Raghunathan. So the three people used to meet them. Now Tapan Mishra himself is said as a great devotee of the Lord. It is said that Tapan Mishra at some point in time was confused about spiritual life, what to do. So again a long story short, he consulted, he met somehow or the other Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally instructed him on the highest spiritual truths. Hmm. Directly is Chichadu Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Chapan Mishra became a pure devotee and after that every time when he Mahaprabhu was in Rashi, he took the opportunity to serve the Mahaprabhu. Eventually, in fact, Kapanamishra was living somewhere else, but he took residence in Rashi after that. Because Mahaprabhu would come and eat at his place. So, when Lord Chaitanya visited Rashi, what happened? Raghunath, I am talking about Raghunath, not Raghunath, ask also. I am talking about Raghunath, but also. So, now onward, when I say Raghunath, it is. Raghunath went to Goswami. So Raghunath was just a small boy at that time. But he served the Lord by cleaning his place after the Lord ate and then by massaging the feet of the Lord. When Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in Kashi, he visited several temples, it is said. The Vishweshwara temple, the Bindu Mahaprabhu temple plus the Dash Ashwamedha Ghat. These were the places that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to visit. And the Lord stayed at the house of Chandrasekhar and dined at the house of Tapan Mishra. And it was during one of these visits that he delivered Prakashananda Saraswati. So, in one, one sense, this house was like a Namahitana. Mahaprabhu will stay, stay, honor Prasadam, and he will deliver all the Mayavadis because Mayavadis was very prevalent in Kashi at that time, in personal. At last, after his stay in Kashi, Mahabharata said, now I have to leave. Raghunath Bhatt Goswami was so attached, so attached, that he was broken hearted. So he fell, young Raghunath fell at the feet of Chaitanya Mahabharata and said, Mahabharata, please don't go. Please don't go, please stay here. He fell at his feet and begged for his mercy. Lord Chaitanya took this young boy and kept him on his lap and he said no right now you must serve your father and mother here and by and by one day you may come to Puri Dham after that and see me again it will happen but later and then Mahaprabhu begin his long journey towards Puri it is said that Raghunath Das Goswami sorry Raghunath Bhattu Goswami the pure devotee that he was, he started, where do we take shelter? We take shelter of scriptures. So that is how we understand Lord. Very soon he became expert in the scriptures. He was expert in Sanskrit grammar, rhetoric, poetry and all the related scriptures. And all along this journey, he served his mother and father. Till their old age, when he came of age, Raghunath was ordered by his father himself to go to Puritam. Father himself said, now you go to Puritam. You have served us nicely. Go. 
to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Obviously, his ecstasy knew no boundaries. In service to the Lord, Raghunath's mother, Deva was very affectionate towards Lord. So she had prepared various kinds of Bengali delicacies to be offered to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on behalf of Mishraji. <laughs> so he took, she, he took all that. And all these fine delicacies she had carefully packed in a bag, in a sack. So when he grew up, he went to Kashi from, so he went to Puri from Kashi on foot to see the Lord. Now Raghunath Bhatt Goswami is meeting Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu yet again. He was received with great affection by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And the Lord said, Raghunath, I cannot forget your parents' affectionate consideration for me around the time of your birth. So much your parents have served me. Every day with great affection, your parents used to feed me. Why Mahaprabhu said that? Because the reception itself which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave to Raghunath Bhatt Goswami, he was wondering, why? Such a big reception for me. Mahaprabhu said, no, not for you. <laughs> for your parents. Because they have served me so much. Of course, it was also for Raghunath Bhatt Goswami. One sense. But Mahaprabhu told him that he expressed his affection for his parents. So, it is said that Raghunath Bhatt Goswami stayed there for eight months, occasionally cooking for the Lord. And he was introduced to all the devotees who were very happy to meet him. So, he paid obeisances to all the devotees. Plus, the news of devotees of his arrival also reached all, everyone in East Bengal. All the devotees, Mahaprabhu told all the savories which he had packed. Mahaprabhu said, keep it aside. And then Mahaprabhu himself along with all the devotees honored that prasadam. The Lord then ordered Raghunath Bhatt Goswami to take darshan of Lord Jagannath. And um, Lord Chaitanya would personally take care of Raghunath Bhatt Goswami. Raghunath Bhatt Goswami would also in turn cook for the Lord on a regular basis. So eight months this reciprocation of service continued. Raghunath Bhatt Goswami also was very good in singing. So he used to, and, and he used to appreciate Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's singing also. So he witnessed Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's ecstatic singing and dancing in front of Lord Jagannath. So he witnessed all that. So in witnessing this, he witnessed all the divine ecstasies that were manifested in the body of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, especially in front of the Ratyatra Kaat in Puri. After some time, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ordered him to return to Kashi and serve his aging mother and father because they were Vishnavas. He ordered Raghunath Bhatt Goswami, do not marry. <laughs> don't go there and marry him. Order him, don't marry. Instead, dedicate your time to study the Shastras. And then again return to Jagannath Puri so to see the deity of Lord Jagannath. And in saying that, Mahaprabhu gave his Tulsi garland from his own neck, plus Mahaprasad to be distributed to everyone in Kashi. With a heavy heart, Raghunath Bhatt Goswami went back to Kashi. Upon his return from Kashi, Raghunath Bhatt Goswami 
returned to Kashi, he served his parents very carefully, studying the Sriman Bhagavatam. Eventually, his parents went back to the spiritual world. So he came back to Jagannathpuri and Lord Chaitanya, who again glorified his parents. Raghunath Patakosami was very happy to be in the association of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and another eight months he served there. And then Mahaprabhu told him, now you must leave Puri. And where should you go? Go to Vrindavan. Go to Vrindavan, you have much work to do there, Raghunath Pat. You have much work to do in Vrindavan. I must stay in Puri. Mahaprabhu said that he himself must stay in Puri. So it is up to you, Raghunath Pat. To go and finish the work which I want to get done in Vrindavan. Raghunath Bhatta Goswami was very sorrowful to leave the association of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, No, 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 don't be despondent. You are going to meet Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami there. Study the Srimad Bhagavatam and scriptures under their guidance. And then Mahaprabhu gave him a garland and Tambul Mahaprasad and embraced him. And then this is how Raghunath Goswami went and met Sanatana Goswami and Rupa Goswami in Vrindavan. They embraced him out of great affection and so did the other Goswamis who were present there in Vrindavan. And all of them accepted him as an affectionate God-brother. Raghunath Goswami, it is said, was blessed with exceptional humility and meekness. He would recite the Srimad Bhagavatam before Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami and would be overwhelmed in his ecstatic love and will be unable to continue his reading Srimad Bhagavatam. It is said that his voice was as sweet as a cuckoo's voice and when reading the Bhagavatam, he would sing the verses in different tunes or ragas. And therefore, his recitation of Srimad Bhagavatam was very, very sweet. Raghunath Bhatta Goswami was fully surrendered to the lotus feet of Gaur Govinda. And the lotus feet of Gaur Govinda, the life and soul of Raghunath Bhatta Goswami. After some time in Vrindavan, Raghunath Bhatta Goswami arranged for his disciples to construct a temple for Govinda. He prepared various ornaments for Govinda, including a flute and shark-shaped earrings. Raghunath Bhatta Goswami would neither hear nor speak about anything material. He would simply discuss Krishna Katha and worship the Lord day and night. He would not listen to the blasphemy of any Vaishnava, nor would he listen to talk of a Vaishnava's misbehavior. He didn't want to hear any of that. He knew only that everyone was served, when everyone was engaged in Krishna's service, he did not understand anything else. When Raghunath Bhatt Goswami was absorbed in remembering the Lord, he would take the same Tulsi garland and, uh, and prasada that was given to him by Mahaprabhu and he would bind them together and then he would wear them in his neck again and again. Such was his affection for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He passed away from his mortal coil and entered into the transcendental world in 1579 AD. The Gaurav of reveals that he is none other than Sri Raga Manjari in Krishna Lila. Finally, very briefly, Krishna Das Prayer 
Krishnadas Kavirat Goswami Maharaj's disappearance also today. Who is he? None other than the author of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. He was born in Jamalpur near Katwa in West Bengal and that is when his bhajan put in this. There is little, very little history that is known about him. Okay, about his parents, wife, whether he was a dhrasa, so there is little history that is known about him. But the Gaur Ramadesha Deepika says that he is none other than Kasturi Manjari in, in uh, Krishna Lila. He used to worship the Madan Gopal deities. His Paduka and the manuscripts which he has written are still preserved in his ancestral home, which is coming under the lineage of his brother whose name is Shamdas. They are still preserved there. It is written that after some family dispute on Bhakti Yoga, some people did not accept devotional service to the Lord, Lord Nityananda appeared to Krishnada Saviraj Goswami in a dream and told him to leave home and go to Vrindavan. Although he was very old by that time, he started that very night for Vrindavan, based on Lord Nityananda's instructions. And when he was there, he met some of the Goswamis, who were the principal associates of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who requested him to write down the teachings and final pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which he did. And who was that Acharya? Raghunath Das Goswami. When Raghunath Das Goswami used to lecture on the banks of Radhakund of Chaitanya Charitamrita, this old man who was at that time 90 plus, right? Years old, he used to sit and take notes. How can you take notes at that age? Right? At that age, he used to take notes. Right? And if he would not have done that, can you imagine where we would have been? Can't imagine this, right? Can we imagine life without Chaitanya Charitamrita? Where would we have been? Yes, Srimad Bhagavatam is there, no doubt about it. But how would we understand Radha Mahima Premarasa Sima Jagate how would we understand Mahabhava of Radharani? How would we understand the glories of the Goswamis? So we are eternally grateful. How grateful you should be to Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami Maharaj. His personal intelligence at that age, he wrote it for all of us. So this is a day for thanking him profusely from the bottom of our heart. By writing Chaitanya Chaitamrath, he did two things. Not only did he establish he did give us the Mahima of Radharani, but he established Lord Chaitanya as the Supreme Lord. Even in the Mangalacharan itself, he says Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Lord. And in Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is not. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Radha Krishna Nahi Anya. Otherwise, people used to still respect Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but as a devotee. Even today, there is a mode that Lord Chaitanya is a devotee, purest devotee of Lord Krishna. No. He is Lord Krishna and that is a big difference in worshipping Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It is said that if for people who worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a devotee, there will be some benefit. But nothing compared to the benefit of those devotees who know this Channa Avatara of the Lord. And that credit goes to Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami Maharaj. So today on the disappearance day of these three Acharyas who are sent to us by Anandadev as Guru Dattva, he has sent all these Acharyas to us who have been patient, who are still patient with us, blessing us. We pray from the bottommost recesses of our heart that they give us Krishna Bhakti and the mood to never blaspheme Vaishnavas, to always glorify Vaishnavas, never to misbehave with any Vaishnavas and to develop 
the deep mode of serving radharani and lord krishna within our hearts shri ragunath das goswami mahashay ki ragunath bhatt goswami ji ki tilak krishna das kaviraj goswami mahashay ki and shila prabhupad ki who brought all these acharyas into our life shila prabhupad ki श्रीमद्भागत की